is a double-edged sword. Haters do not want the war. Giving them instant report. The riddle is back to kicking your door. Lyrics from Kavish Shakur. Tends it to get at these niggas some more. Iron reborn. Strict from... Hey, welcome to the pilot episode of 5 Talk 2. Uh, this is a podcast where we talk to influential artists in uh, Louisville. And um, my name is John Beecham. Uh, you guys met up for my other podcast, Hip Squared, uh, from American Fantastic, and this is just a new venture that we're starting out to get to know the Louisville art scene a little bit better. And uh, today, first up, uh, we have Greenbird Studio here. Uh, that's Mikkel and Michaela, uh, a couple of artists that have put together a comic book called Black Angel, and through their imprint, Greenbird Comics. Um, Welcome to the show, Mikkel and Michaela. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for coming by. So um, how did you guys get started working together? Okay, so you that's this. kind of a long story. Uh, but um, we originally met at a prior job we used to work at called Charter Communications in Louisville. Okay. And I think um, a lot of people from Louisville are probably familiar with working at charter either as their cable company or like yeah like me having a job there for a while yeah. right exactly and so that's how we first met and at that time uh, we didn't actually start our venture of art in this greenberg comics together at that time i just knew her through her then boyfriend at the time and then um we eventually both left the company mm-hmm. and i didn't think i was going to see her again but the next company i went to she had already started working there before me so we reunited that way okay cool and then uh eventually um i came across and i told her about uh a project i was working on and i knew she was an artist from a prior art show that i had held in louisville because uh, i'm also a traditional artist I, mm-hmm. I paint as well and i do shows and um, I knew she was an artist, of course, and she dealt more with the digital part of it. So um, I thought she would be a good fit. It was kind of like combining the classic style with more of a new, more modern, like technological side of it. Drawing wise, yeah. yeah the okay. drawing and the technical side, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, she jumped on board, she was down for it, and we have been inseparable since then, and things have been going very well for us. So. Excellent. Cool. Well, I'm glad you guys were able to find each other. It's always good to have kindred spirits to help you create art and people to collaborate with. Um, so I do want to talk a little bit about your comic, Black Angel. Uh, for those of you that are uninitiated, um, you can definitely find out more information. Do you guys got a website? Is it greenbird.com? Or? Yeah, it's greenbirdcomics.com. Greenbirdcomics.com. It's bird with a Y, R-D. Um, and... I've uh, read Black Angel. I was really impressed with it. Um, first off, like what you'll see is like just this really cool, striking cover art uh, with these kind of like demonic looking and sort of like angelic um, beings on the front. The first thing that comes to my mind when I looked at this uh, reminded me a lot of the comic book Spawn yes. from the early 90s. Um, I told you. And I guess it's been going on for a while now. I think Spawn is still around. Um, started by Todd McFarlane, and that was a comic book about a guy who uh, is assassinated by the government and ends up becoming um, a soldier in Hell's Army, but then kind of rebels against that too and kind of starts his own path. Um, but the reason it reminded me of Spawn a lot is, well, for one, like the art styles are sort of similar, uh, like especially like the highly detailed um, and kind of like just the demonic and angelic sort of uh, spheres in that. 
So um, aside from Spawn, if that was an influence for you guys, what kind of um, influences you guys as artists in terms of like what you brought to this comic? I'll let you start off. Well, I didn't draw it. <laughs> well, You're the, I for just me, it. okay, um, <laughs> I'll do it then. Um, as far as inspiration-wise, um, I always say this: I've never been really a big comic book fan. Mm-hmm. I, it's more of a I like more of a uh, design type mm-hmm. uh, feel to it. And I mean, because I do all types of art, so. There's a lot of other things and other artists that went into me kind of going along the lines of this type of style, I guess you can say, in the whole story for uh, Black Angel that wouldn't be your traditional comic book artist or other things like that. Like, uh, I go back to the traditional artists like Titian, Tintoretto de Jacopa, you know, people from, you know, you know, uh, medieval times and uh, those types of paintings. And um, I kind of like pull from those. But so uh, there's like more like the spiritual, like sacred kind of artists, like the religious kind of art. Uh, yes and no. Okay. Um, it's a mixture, put it like that. And um, but if I were to say, if I had someone, I guess you could say that's dealt more with comic books and artists wise that influenced me a little bit, I would probably say someone like you know, uh, uh besides Stan Lee, which is the generic, everybody mm-hmm. knows him. Um. Uh, Robert Kirkman. Okay. I kind of like his style. Um, just because of the fact I'm a big zombie fanatic, first mm-hmm. and foremost. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, Robert Kirkman is the writer, and uh, I guess I don't know if he does illustrations or not. But for The Walking Dead, he's the guy that is behind that phenomenon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, if I say, if I would say someone, you know, comic book wise artist, I would have to say him. That kind of influences me, you know. So cool. Thanks. What about you, Michaela? Um, do you mean influence for Black Angel or in general? Uh, what? well, I guess in general as an artist, and then if there's anything specific to Black Angel that influenced like how you wanted to make that look. Mm-hmm. Well, outside of Black Angel and like anything we do with Greenbird, I do my own art online. Like I have my own moniker. It's Fat Tacky Cats. I've okay. been doing <laughs> art online for a few years now. Before that, I also did a lot of traditional art painting and things like that. But my art style is very, like, anime influence. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I love manga and things like that. Um, and it's bright and colorful and happy. And mm-hmm. I just like to draw a lot of fantasy characters yeah. and things. Um, but with Black Angel, the way that I'm coloring it, because that's all I'm doing at the moment with it, is I feel like the style, the art style, is a combination of American-style comics and a little bit of anime influence. I see a lot in it. And so the way that I'm coloring it is I'm trying to keep it uh, bright and colorful. Um, there's still some dark, like darkness to it. But I feel like traditional Western comics are, they used to be really muted colors and things mm-hmm. like that. And I'm not a huge fan of that. So. Yeah. Yeah. They, colors definitely pop off the page. Um, I can see definite anime influence as well. I know that the protagonist has this big, kind of like bright eyed. Um, anime girl eyes a little bit mm-hmm. and then um yeah like you said the the illustrations are really eye-catching um and, and very colorful in a way that manga usually isn't because um like with a manga you usually get color on the cover the first few pages at the most and mm-hmm. then it's all black and white but you guys have color throughout which is really impressive for 
an independent studio because I know that can be very expensive as far as like production and things like that. Mm-hmm. But um, but that's really that's really neat that you kind of blend the two styles together and like create a good marriage with that. That's really neat. Um, and definitely the other anime influence. Well, this is probably just more like uh, influence of superhero comics in general. But there's definitely some action-packed scenes and some really cool fight scenes in there too. So you can definitely catch that as well. Um, well I guess the other thing I was kind of wondering about is, is in terms of like the world of Black Angel, um, can you just describe a little bit for like people that aren't familiar with the comic, what it's about, and then how like how you formed that world of Black Angel, like where you pulled these ideas together? Okay. So um, Black Angel is uh, set in a post-apocalyptic time of course, and um, it's set up as a being who's lost his memory and goes on this journey with this young girl by the name of Hope, uh, Esperanza Fuentes is her name, and uh, nickname Hope, of course, and um, throughout, throughout this journey and the people that they meet, the beings that they encounter, the fights that they you know engage in, uh, he finds out more about himself and the answers that he's finding may not be what he was expecting. Mm-hmm. And so there's going to be a lot of, I guess you could say, um, there's going to be a lot of uh, miscommunication in the book. There's going to be a lot of, um, I guess you could say, deceit yeah, as like well. Yeah, everything is the way it seems. Yeah, surface. exactly. So mm, that's what it's going to be lots of twists and turns yes excellent Mm -hmm. well i did see um just kind of looking through it it seems like you starting to build this world to be kind of like um like almost like a modern like post-apocalyptic like religious allegory like we got the seven deadly sins i got some we have some preview art of that at the end of the comic um so do you guys do you have like a big like a like a story in mind for Black Angel or like do you have like a pretty big scope of what you have planned? Yeah, you should explain all that because it's big. <laughs> <Okay>. like, <laughs> it's pretty big as a universe. Uh, so pretty much uh, currently right now, Black Angel is going to be um, a three arc series. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say uh, the first series, which we currently are working on right now, is um, centered around the seven deadly sins. And um, the devil, of course, and the second series or second arc is going to be centered around um, robots, infinity bots is what we call them, which and, you'll see them. And actually, there. yeah, you kind of have this <clears throat> preview in the comic of that because you have these kind of like mock-up advertisements. Exactly. And there's a kid in like a, I guess it's like a virtual reality kind of robot, but it looks like a big exoskeleton kind of thing that he's wearing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So. Okay. And uh, the story unfolds behind that, too. So as more issues come out, then you'll see more ads, Mm mock-up ads. And then you'll see, like, little changes here and there that make you question, like, what's really going on? Mm -hmm. And uh, the second arc will pretty much be centered around that whole situation and still include the characters from the first arc. And the third arc, of course, it's going to be more of a celestial god type arc. And, And I'm sure we'll probably go further from there but at the moment right Mm -hmm. now we're stuck on those three now um as far as other titles which we are going to have other titles Mm -hmm. um we have a an exclusive website title by itself it's not going to be in physical form uh which is called face versus zero and that's set up maybe two 100 to 200 years further in the future and 
uh, of course, once you go to the website, you'll be able to see the story okay. from but, that. So was that going to kind of be like a shared universe with Black Angel? Like, mm-hmm. are all these comics going to kind of, okay. All of them are yeah. going to tie in together. Mm-hmm. And the way we're setting it up is uh, each title that we're pulling out is going to be like a prequel, mm-hmm. you know. So right now, Black Angel is the most current. And then the next title that we're pulling out, um, book form, uh, which is Black Friday, will be set uh, pre-apocalyptic time, set in the 90s, uh, going further and then the book from that will be set in the 80s and mm-hmm. then you know yeah, other ones from four the 70s. titles or yeah. technically five I guess if technically you're including five. the online one but. right and mm-hmm. um, they are going to answer a lot of questions that are going to be posed in Black Angel and then each book themselves are going to have a lot of questions that will be posed in the preceding book as well okay. mm-hmm. so it's going to all tie in together and uh, but at the same time even if you uh, didn't read the other mm-hmm. titles the book by themselves will still be good as a standalone read. That's cool. So yeah. yeah, I think that's really important to have things accessible, especially when you're starting out, bringing in new readers. Mm-hmm. Um, well that's neat. so kind of like the the world that's forming is um, like either modern day or post apocalyptic, and kind of like a battle between good and evil with humans and like technology being its own kind of faction too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's a touch of that, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's really fascinating. I think that anybody that's into um, superhero comics and also <clears throat> for people that are into, like, re- like injecting religious iconography into kind of a pop culture entertainment, like um, people that are into the Da Vinci Code or, like, um, Assassin's Creed and kind of, like, <clears throat> this is more of the supernatural side of religion but it seems to kind of like all fit a little bit in terms of taking these traditional um like religious ideas based on like christianity and judeo-christian and then kind of using that as a jumping off point to create your own universe that has its own distinct identity i think that's really Mm -hmm. really a neat kind of um direction to go through well as um independent artists can you guys just like walk us through the process of um like how you craft these comic books from when you have the initial idea to when you're actually printing them out. Like what, what are the steps that you have to go through to create something like this? Okay. And did you want to say something? Well, I guess the first thing I want to say about it is, so right here, I know the listeners can't see mm-hmm. this obviously, but um, I don't know if you knew that we have stopped printing them and assembling them ourselves now because okay. we actually got a printer uh, that's cost efficient and everything. So mm-hmm. the book's, just keep getting better. They look okay. better. So, and you can look at this if you want. That's yeah, why I so brought it. I'll look, explain <laughs> the difference between uh, like the two versions. So I have a version that looks like kind of like your classic comic book style with the staples in the back um, and the pages in between and they're all colored really well. But yeah, it does look like something that's like a little bit more handmade. Mm-hmm. And then the one that um, Kayla just handed me looks more like your traditional trade paperback. So it has an actual spine, um, has like a glossy finish on it, and um, but other than that, the inside looks to be pretty much about the same. I think maybe I don't know if I'm able to tell this or not, but it looks like the lines are a little crisper. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if they were able to print in a more high def, but it definitely looks a little bit more polished than the original version. Mm-hmm. So, but like as far as like how you guys like, do you guys storyboard these or like how do you go from like do you script them first or what what's the process that you guys use to create these? 
All right. Well, uh, what we do first is um, I pretty much, like you said, storyboard, like maybe um, rough draft. We do mm-hmm. a rough draft. Um, I try to come up with this in my mind as far as like what panel needs to go where, how the story is going to set up. And I try to make it to where if the reader can actually understand the story just from pictures alone without the words, then we're on the right step. And that's my main focus. So uh, once I get that down, then I go back and I write the script for the whole thing to make sure that it, you know, lines up like it's supposed to accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, um, of course, I get in contact with Michaela and uh, what we do or what she does is she scans it. She makes sure that the colors are where they need to be, you know, um, and if we need to edit anything, of course, she'll send them to me and I'll let her know what needs to be changed or uh, if everything is okay, which for the majority of the time, she does everything well. So it's not really too no. much that we have to change unless I see something that yeah, I think. Still tweaks you, get what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And, and you color all those digitally, Michaela? Yeah, yeah. Like he, you know, does all the, he pencils everything and then does the ink. It's all mm-hmm. traditional there. And then I take that image, scan it in. And the line work, since it's digitized, it turns into pixels. Mm-hmm. And so I have to clean that up a bit. Um, and then from there, I just, I flat everything. I go through that process. I have my own process. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if it's like the standard comic book way, but, um, yeah, I color everything and, uh, usually, yeah, I send it to him to make sure, or if I don't send it to him, we meet and make sure like, is this what, what you were going for? And every character has their own color palette depending on if they're in light or mm-hmm. darkness, you know, so I have to think about all that. I have mm-hmm. to think about lighting and mm-hmm. stuff. So I feel like I'm best with color. Yeah. So it's like my forte but um yeah after that like i uh have to f- like add all the like the panels have an outline i have to position everything if everything's crooked if something's crooked i have to fix that and then when the images are completely done um we usually wait until the end of the book mm-hmm. to get together which we're actually doing today for the second <laughs> issue mm-hmm. to do the script and the word bubbles so you guys have everything illustrated before you in because you wanted to put the primary focus on the visual side like you said tell the story visually first and then you kind of you go back through with the script that you've written and then you place everything yeah who does all the lettering in the in that part of things do you do the lettering too yeah like i mean i do everything in photoshop so i'm doing all the lettering but he's sitting next to me telling me what to type gotcha and we t- we also he gets to decide you know what it looks mm-hmm. like on the page like does this word does this tail on this word bubble look okay and things like that it That's takes neat. so long yeah, <laughs> but it, it's crazy because as i'm coloring i don't know what words are being said by the mm-hmm. characters i'm just seeing them and yeah. i'm just like i wonder what's going on in this scene <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool so you guys like uh blend in the like the more traditional style of uh comic book storytelling where it's like an artist with a with like an artist board and then you you take that kind of like raw ink and pencil drawing and then you turn that into like digital panels mm-hmm. and then you color it digitally and then you letter it digitally that's really neat i think it's uh good that you guys can still do that uh traditional art style and like i think the line work really shows through i know a lot of comic book artists today are almost primarily digital um which can be its own really neat form of art. But to me, I think having the more traditional old school way, at least getting started, makes it feel to me more like a classic comic book than what um, a lot of times when you're reading a webcomic, 
they can be really neat, but it still feels like something that's like computery, like either it has like the CGI kind of graphics or like that more flat cartoonish kind of feel where this is more, I feel like it has a lot of more depth as far as like how detailed the line work is and how, how crisp it is. Um, yeah, that's really neat that you guys are able to collaborate like that. What do you guys have uh, planned for the future of Black Age? We talked about a little bit of that in the beginning. You have other titles planned, and um, but in terms of like the like the second issue, are you guys able to drop any hints as far as what what happens there or what that <laughs> is about? Well, the second issue is pretty much uh, a continuation from the first issue, and it closes the o- closes the opening of okay. Black Angel. And then, of course, afterwards, the third issue will transition into another story, which all ties in together. Okay, so the first three issues are going to be kind of like the first arc of the Black Angel story? Well, it's going to be more than three issues for the first arc. It's just that the, uh, sorry, Uh, the first two issues are the opening, and the third issue is going to be uh, transitioning over into, you know, the rest of the story for the first arc. So uh, you'll get a chance to actually... um, meet new characters you'll get more background information that's brought up you'll get um i guess you could say premature easter eggs mm-hmm. i assume because they'll be in there and then you won't know anything about it until our second title comes okay. out and you know kind yeah. of shed some light on the mystery so cool very neat well um if people want to check out uh, black angel and greenberg comics where should they go to find your work all right they can go to our website, which is greenbirdcomics.com. We also have a Facebook page up under the same title, Greenbird Comics. Uh, of course, bird spelled with a Y, and it's a playoff of my name, my last name, and her last name. Yeah. Um, and also, we have a um, what was it, a Twitter page. We have oh, no, when are we doing it? Kick me out. Oh, well, okay, we don't no have a <laughs> I have to page. fix so that. that. We have an Instagram. We have an Instagram <laughs> page. What's your Instagram? Uh, Greenbird Comics, the same thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, also, uh, if you want to contact us or have any questions, you can also go to our Outlook or just send us an email through Outlook, uh, which is at greenbirdcomics uh, at outlook.com. Okay. Very cool. And do you guys have individual artist pages or like individual? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just want to go ahead and share those? Yeah, I have my own individual. It's called Kale's Art. You'll be able to see uh, more of my paintings and uh, drawings and other things besides Greenberg Comics. So we have that. Yeah, which fun fact about that, the prologue page in that book is mm-hmm. actually a painting that he did with the... Yeah, I think I've seen... But um, it's all roughed up. I made it look yeah. burnt. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, for those of you... Um, so Kale also participates in uh, a Black Angel painting series is that what you would call it well it's the black angel art show and it's uh pretty much centered around gathering local Louisville mm-hmm. artists and giving them an outlet to showcase the work because a lot of them don't have that outlet they yeah. just pretty much show it to their family and friends and i think it's cool too because um like it literally is like black angel so in terms of like renaissance art you always think of these like white anglo-saxon looking people but it's neat to have different races and cultures represented in that iconography because it's a faith that's shared by so many different kinds of people and it's neat to have those other representations shown. Um, so yeah, if you guys want to check out that, um, when is that, art, is that art show as an annual thing? Well, actually I just had my last annual show last year. Okay. Uh, so we're no longer, well, I'm no longer doing it up under that name because okay. I want to actually go a little bit more broader. Okay. So, um, we're going to change the name. I haven't figured out a name yet, mm-hmm. but it's going to uh, pretty much center around uh, a broader audience, and I feel like that's going to actually help out 
pretty much the art community period if everybody mingles together instead of just it being cool. kind of like one demographic so cool and where can people get the book if they're interested in getting the comic uh, greenbergcomics.com you can order it from there or if you see us somewhere then you can definitely ask us and we'll be able to put it in the order for you awesome excellent mm-hmm. well thank you guys so much for coming by um check it out out guys the comic book is black angel you can also find um greenbergcomics.com has a lot more there and um thank you very much guys for showing up and representing uh, the Louisville comic book scene. Glad to have you guys here. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Take me a tour. Set up the shop and the missus report. I wouldn't stop at the missus report. My original source. My original voice. No subliminals. Not get lit to the substance of choice. However you feel. Rock city. Yeah, we're straight out of here. I teleport to another like, yeah. This is gonna be another hype year. Don't be a war. Trying to straddle the fence. Orchestrating in orderly fashion. Always making sure that we don't get killed. Now, ain't saying that we can be touched. The flight gang, yeah, we got some shields. And they made a Cadanian steel. Blow up uranium kills. Chopping blades, it's amazing. Philosophically, be stopping the pavement. Fukushima theory back on the scene. Shit, little tsunami waves. Hey, welcome back to part two of episode one of 50 Talk 2. Uh, this is American Fantastics interview show where we get to delve into the Louisville art scene. And uh, with us for part two, we have. Kavi is psychedelic Shiva, aka Beam Me Up Kavi, a local hip hop artist. And we also have Mayplex Monk, who's also doing double duty as our uh, producer for this episode. What's up, guys? What's up? Yo. Yo. All right, cool. Well, uh, Kavi is back in town. Um, he was in Louisville for, uh, for a little while, left, uh, went on his own little journey. And now he is back in town, um, back with a new song called Double-Edged Sword. And uh, Kaveh, can you tell us a little bit about Double-Edged Sword and uh, what inspired you to write that? Okay, well, first of all, thank you for having me here. I'm very grateful. I am formerly known as Young Kavi, but now I'm Kavi Shakur. Okay. Uh, basically, just showing my evolution, just knowing that I can't stay in the same state. And, um, well, Double-Edged Sword, it pretty much spawned from my mom was going through a lot uh, with different people she really didn't know she could trust or not, and I was dealing with the same thing back in Alabama. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty much a Double-Edged Sword. We would argue sometimes. Uh, sometimes we wouldn't. And I started talking to her about it, and she was like, she's basically like the brains behind double-edged sword mm-hmm. basically the insp- inspiration behind that she's like yeah son you need to you need to write that like yeah. you need to finish that song that's cool so kind of come out with uh like people in your life that can be good for you but then you can also have conflict with them at the same time like cuts both ways a little bit yeah you with with people with yourself mm-hmm. um different different circumstances different swings yeah. Different swings of the sword, <laughs> I, yeah. would, I would say. You know, like me sharpening it, I think that sometimes I feel like I was dull in some ways. Like I should, I could have sharpened my sword in this area, but, you know, I, I didn't sharpen my whole sword, I feel like. But now I feel like my sword is pretty sharp. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a pretty good metaphor. I kind of I heard it as like as you sharpen one side of the sword, you might get cut by the other side of the sword. 
Is that what you're going for? Ouch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's cool imagery, though, because it reminds me a little bit of Wu-Tang Clan and the blood swords and kind of like that whole idea of um, like sharpening your mind as an instrument and kind of like being able to, I guess, like ward off enemies and but also like challenge yourself and take yourself up to that next level. Yeah, I, I believe so. Um, actually, with that being said, I, I was supposed to go to a Cream ENT studio today, this morning, but they're actually in process of moving their studio. Okay. And um, he's been telling me some stuff that actually, you know, this is kind of secret, but Father Ja is looking for a producer, and I had to go through an interview process. Oh, cool. So um, that's in the works right now. So, like, I, I love hip-hop, especially the underground scene. And I think Wu Tang is for the most is not really mainstream only because New York is such a big place mm-hmm. where underground music blows up and you know, and that's their platform that they use, so Yeah. I think it's kind of like every well, the artists that come up, um, a lot of times have like either come up from that underground scene or come up from um from those kinds of places. But it's neat that Louisville has our own underground scene that's kind of like bubbling up. And that's that's a really uh, fascinating thing for me to experience. Like uh, on Mayflex's show, Philosophical Grandeur, you interviewed Uno. Or what, I don't even know who she goes by. Corey. Corey. Yeah. <laughs> she goes by. Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, She's awesome. Yeah. But that's cool that there is so many underground um artists coming up in Louisville like do you guys have any ideas about what like why things are percolating right now or like what like what about the Louisville hip-hop scene like makes it that special place it seems to be like so welcoming and so I don't know like in this period of growth right now I think it's a, a huge melting pot and I look also look at it as it's like the renaissance meets like this romanticism and like this lyricism and like these people like we're just almost like a bunch of different artists in this melting pot, and we're like, we got to make something happen together, and we're doing it collectively. And I see it in Louisville, and I want to put that, I want to put that out in Louisville with positivity and creativity because it's a lot of competition out there that wants to be, you know, seen. It's a mm-hmm. lot of ego out there, and it's a lot of people that that would like to feed that ego. So I think that. Um, creativity over competition yeah i agree i think some of it has to do with like the turmoil you know socially and politically in the world right now yeah to some degree you know i think that that's that's going to be a reaction in a lot of places for that same reason um i think louisville traditionally and it it goes in cycles but it's kind of a, a starting point like a launching point in a lot of people's lives and and i think a lot of people feel like they have to get away from louisville to really make it big Mm. but then the ones that are appreciated the most in this area are the ones that you know if they do that they come back and then they give love back to the louisville city and you know then they're renowned yeah you know like a, a few major people are yeah it is it is kind of like an incubator in that sense um it seems from like a few different arts scenes but it, it's it's kind of like uh, Louisville's big enough that there's lots of venues um, and places where people can perform. There's lots of places where people can be creative, like studios and things like that. Um, but it's also still small enough 
where the people that are coming up are willing to help each other out and like you said be uh collaborative over being competitive so it's a really neat um dimension of the city and and i i kind of feel that same tension too as a writer because it seems like um to make it big you either can move to new york uh, and try to kind of like write for like literary magazines or like um like kind of, kind of the literary scene there or if you want to be um somebody that writes for movies and tv then you have to go out to hollywood so it's 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 kind of like that hard little tension of um being able to carve out that scene but there's people that have done it here like people that are writers like um like ron whitehead and i've uh, seen it jeter nathlin and other people that are very mm. literary and kind of come up and it's neat to be able to shine that love back on your city um and i think that like yeah like when you mentioned the this the kind of social and political tension right now i think that's a really important aspect of things because if people have um all of this energy inside themselves and some of it's negative i think the best like one of the best most healthy ways you can do to express that is to actually put it into art and then um and the positive is what i call it is positive propaganda yeah mm-hmm. and i agree yeah it's like positive propaganda but it's also a way to kind of um make yourself feel like you're actually doing something because i know like right. yeah like everybody like wants to like post their opinion or their ideas on facebook or like go out and and for me it feels like the best way I can make a difference isn't necessarily like becoming a politician or um, like I'll at least be like engaged in terms of like knowing what's going on and I'll go out and vote. But in terms of actually making a big impact, I feel like a really good way to open people's minds to new ideas is through art. So it's neat that people have that like Avenue open to them. Beautiful. (laughs) I think universality is important as well. Like if somebody can hear something or see something that you've created and connect with something within themselves that you probably connected with when you were creating that. I think that that's a really powerful thing. And it's not always easy to do. And sometimes people create things that are rejected. But I think that, you know, it's it's not necessarily a choice. I think it's something that some people do really well and efficiently and effectively and other people don't, but it doesn't necessarily take away from the validity of either person's artwork. It's just, you know, different people have different opinions about what they like and what they appreciate and what they connect with. Yeah. Some people like engaging in art that's more traditional and more, um, I guess like easily accessible and other people that like the avant-garde. And I think there's, Definitely, like, artists that can encompass both spectrums, but for me, it's easier, yeah, like, to just kind of put my ideas in a cross in a way that I think is, like, I always think of it as middle brow. Um, that's, like, my target where you're kind of uh, able to have, like, high-minded ideas, but put them in a form where it's, like, easy and entertaining to listen to. And I think, Kavi, you do that because you have these kind of, like, psychedelic spiritual ideas, but then when you actually listen to the beats, it sounds like, um, like to me, it sounds like like that sound of the Dirty South or like that kind of old school, like hip hop, like, um, but that's, I don't know, I guess I should have asked you to speak on that. So what, like, what kind of um, are you being influenced by right now? Like, how would you kind of describe your own, your own uh, version of hip hop that you're creating right now? Um, I've been working on this thing I call Traps and Dental. Okay. <laughs> and now, since I've been like, okay, I don't know if y'all know who Savvy D is. Uh, she's actually, uh, she does Intelligy. Yeah, and um, yeah. she's my manager. And we she's just been coaching me on different things. And I've been listening to a lot of drum and bass and a lot of 
rhythm and a lot of EDM. So like now I've been incorporating that with trap and incorporating all the different different ingredients and putting them together and it's like been amazing. I got some secret stuff mm-hmm. that <laughs> I will probably show them after the show that mm-hmm. I'm probably dropping on my birthday. So y'all just be look out looking out for that on SoundCloud. Don't know what I'm gonna name it yet. Yeah. Are you still beat me up coffee on SoundCloud? I am Kavi Shakur on SoundCloud. Okay. And if you look up, if you type in Beam Me Up Kavi, you'll probably just be linked to a different, a lot of different of my creative work. So it'd just be like pretty much a, a menu, just what mm. you can pick. You just pretty much click on anything. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Facebook, etc. I got band camps. I got a bunch of stuff. That I kind of need to update. <laughs> <laughs> so that sounds good though. Like it sounds like you're on top of that uh, social media platforms and engaging people in all those different ways. Yeah, it can it can be a little it can bog you down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a overwhelming. I like being I like going out socializing, actually mm-hmm. telling people the story behind my art. You know, it's, it kind of it, it gives them a better like face-to-face feel rather than mm-hmm. just you know being ty- typing on your computer saying you know like all right thanks for you know yeah it I seems kinda, like you have to engage people both ways like you have to engage people in the digital realm just because that seems like such a way to kind of amplify your voice but then you also need that face-to-face contact to make people like make it feel real like you're an actual human being that can be engaged with and not just somebody some like idea or something that's getting marketed toward them yeah, I think that can be tough, and I think sometimes people get so big so fast, maybe, that people look at them and they only see, like, the public persona, mm-hmm. and it's difficult. It's difficult on both sides. Like, it's difficult for the artist to be approached by somebody, and they expect them to be just this super glamorous, outgoing thing, and then they have to realize that they're an actual real person. Mm-hmm. But So that could be difficult for the person encountering them and for the artist, but I think that when people really connect with you know that that underlying person yeah. that it's better like i think it's more a more rounded yeah i think it's person. more genuine it's kind of like the social media can be the way you present yourself but then like as a performer or as an individual that's who you like that's the more authentic version of yourself right well um Kavi, what kind of program like do you so when you write a song like double edged sword or your other kinds of music do you usually make a beat first and then like write lyrics on top of that or do you have like a poem that you then go back and like try to create a beat for like what is your usual process behind that okay what i what i want to tell you i want to give you like the details on double-edged sword i made this i made this beat maybe like 2011 2012 and i i usually keep uh, pretty much a arsenal of instrumentals everywhere like on my computer on google drive so i i'll pull up a if i'm having a certain day or a certain week or a certain mm-hmm. month or a <laughs> certain year like yeah. if i'm feeling a, some type of way i'm just gonna be like okay i'm ready to write and I'm, i really need to write this like but in a way that is not negatively influenced mm-hmm in a way that I can transmute this energy to the point where it's not where they're saying I was that he's just being violent and it's like 
okay, well, I've looked at, I've watched a lot of movies with, like, dealing with war and, like, watching Rambo and then watching other movies, like Space Age movies. It's kind of like I combine all of my beliefs and everything that I've watched in my social experiences and everything and, like, put it together. So, like, when I started it off, I was like, this is a double-edged sword. I really don't like using haters, but I'm like, mm-hmm. haters do not want the war. Giving them instant report. The Riddler, the Riddler's back to kicking your door. Lyrics from Kavi Shakur, like kind of infiltrating your mind. Like, mm. I am reborn straight from the north, the north of Alabama, straight from the north of Alabama. Alabama born and ask me no more. After shock about to wash on the shore. That's a that's a metaphor for like. Fukushima mm-hmm. because I'm elaborating I'm building this whole project around like the distra- distra- disasters around Fukushima and I had an album called Fukushima Theory mm-hmm. well mixtape with one of my friends Frat Boy and it was pretty much elab- elaborated on like I made a bunch of metaphors about aftershocks hitting waves, tsunami waves, seismic activity, tectonic plates sliding together, (laughs) ice ages, uh, Tibetan snow, tea flow, you know, like all these different wavelengths of like geology combining it. Like I want to rap about rocks, water, like, It's kind of like announcing yourself and letting, like defining yourself and, uh, but also kind of like, learning yeah talking about all the like the ways that you're changed and influenced that's neat though that that kind of a metaphor about like uh in the aftermath of a disaster how things can sometimes change for the better at least transform like the static ways of the way things used to be (laughs) that's Um, really neat the scientists had elaborated uh chicago had a one of their nuclear reactors to kind of mess up on them, and they heard sonic booms. And um, the scientists called it the Fukushima theory. Mm. And um, that's where I got the name of Aftershock 2, Fukushima theory. And, like, in that song, you'll hear it. Like, I have hidden codes in my songs that will actually cite my mixtapes and stuff. So, like, I'm very, like, encoded and encrypted so like if you actually listen to it actually listen to my music my music are my music is basically like a hieroglyph for the fifth dimension Mm -hmm. it's just a hieroglyph it's like a, a map to tell my story and to make the world a better place to say like i'm not trying to be destructive i just want to make music and make beautiful art you know I think that's a good message to share because it's kind of like how everybody has their own sort of like evolution that they can go on. And like you're kind of presenting yours in this like spiritual dimension. But it's neat, um, like just that idea of being able to like transform and evolve as an artist and a human being, I think is really important. It's like focusing your energy and then choosing a uh, like a direction, an emotional direction to go in. Right. Yeah, and I think it's important to kind of like, I guess, uh, we talked about this earlier, but as artists, you have all this energy, thoughts and ideas inside of you. And um, I think for some people, they either don't know how to express it or they express it in a way that's destructive and it can kind of like bring you down 
but then there's other ways where you can express it in a way that like brings yourself up and can bring up other people around you too and I think as an artist that's like one of the best gifts that you can give to people and it's neat to find uh, I like artists that have like uh, references between their own works and kind of like where you Mm -hmm. can really delve in and get into um, into those mythologies Um, but it's neat uh, a lot of uh, Kavi's work is is kind of like psychedelic in nature and then there's also a lot of influences of um things like ufos or like the space program so if you guys are into that kind of like side of uh existence or just like at least open-minded about it i think there's a lot of really neat ideas that he presents in like a very unique way um and kind of like to wrap all those ideas up into a hip-hop song or album is like a really I don't know. There's not that many other artists that, that do that. So I think that's really neat. It's like inspiring metaphysical mysteries and stuff. Yeah. It's kind of like I'm making a soundtrack for this movie. I don't know <laughs> that's going to be produced because it's around. It, it's theatrical. And they're, just because a lot of my songs don't have choruses don't mean that they can't be used because those can be used as segments in those movies that I might put in because they're like, very they're very intricate so far as lyrics go and uh i reference like i said i reference like some of my songs of other songs or i may reference a street name Mm -hmm. to reference this and i feel like that may be like a portal to this place like if i was in ithaca new york you know like i was i was rapping in my homeboy's place at panzer bass and i specifically said that i was a I was in home. I was homeless in New York, sleeping by the gorgeous, and I really was like I was sleeping by the waterfalls, and I feel like that's like close to those portals that yeah. maybe those lyrical portals that I can just jump off into, and like I can be comfortable, and I can like pretty much create from within. And looking at all the culture and all the people that I've been around, they tell me about these. I see good, bad, good and bad qualities of people, like good people, good hippies, bad hippies. Yeah, you know, good women, bad women. You know, to at least saying that I've seen a lot of good and bad, and in between, yeah. a, a balanced life. I've seen people walk from different lives. And I think every place has its own like positives and negatives, but it's neat to be able to wrap that up into the art that you're creating and kind of give it that reference of place. Um, <clears throat> it's really cool. Do you, um, so I know I want to talk a little bit about your collaborations that you got going on. Okay. Yeah. So I know I you got like, something going on with Cypher Divine. They got a new album coming out soon that you're going to be, that you're on. Okay. That dropped yesterday. That dropped yesterday. And okay. it's called Disclosure and you need to go, <laughs> if, like you need to do very much i can't get my words together but you need to go listen to it (laughs) like you really do need to go listen to it it's very inspirational what's it like working with them the energy is lovely you can't ask for a better team to work with other than you know other awesome people in louisville of course but you know yeah they've got great energy i've had i've had them over to my house and it's been years but I, i remember this specific time that they came over and we just had like couple hours conversation about all kinds of stuff metaphysical energy and you know just a lot of stuff that they that I can hear them put into their music and you know concepts that they really fully believe yeah. in and yeah they're in that conscious tip too and they have a lot of um 
a lot of good energy. Like they really, I don't know, hit their beats hard. I like that. <laughs> they really hit it hard this time. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 hitting hard. I got a song with them. It's called New Thoughts, and um, it's just about new thoughts, new ways, new energy. Actually, just like not being on your couch. You know, mm-hmm. kind of talking shit. No, oh, well, I'm sorry. It's uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a podcast, don't worry. Yeah, this we're gonna get taken off the internet. Yeah, <laughs> get deleted by someone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're just kind of you know talking mess about you know this and that and like metaphysically grounding myself and we're just pushing out their positive energy in the song. Social mathematics. Um, she's great. Her verses are lit. Mm-hmm. Not to say that Wise Mathematics verses are lit, but her verses, she's very controversial. Well, what I mean by this, well, like she she is propaganda, but she's like a goddess of propaganda. Like she wants you, she wants the world to be a better place, and mm-hmm. she's not going to stop for anybody. And you can tell when she raps, you can cool. you can hear it. But then she has like this transcendentally peaceful, like singing voice she can totally change the frequencies if she wants to she mm-hmm. she knows how to put on her armor when she needs to in certain songs and you can tell with that and i I love that and shout out to cypher divine shout out to intelligy and uh dj panzer bass them them panzer boys <laughs> <laughs> some of the collaborators you got That's yeah cool. panzer bass um uh, Okay, well, he's a part of the Vibe Tribe Collective, but Panzer Bass is basically DJ team, a duo, Ryan McBride and uh, Matt Bercioli. Actually, uh, they DJ for different events, big events, mm-hmm. mostly electronic, and we have worked together in the studio many a times. So I'm going to his show tonight it would be at Time and Space, and Derek LaFountain is actually having an album release party, and he will be playing a couple of sets in the electronic set. Uh, Panzer will be playing before his electronic set, but he will also have a band there. That and great, man. That's Derek LaFountain's yeah. band, which is called Esoteric Experience. <laughs> we had this big party. And if you watch Lasers in the Sky, that's also an encrypted video of that big party. So if you watch Lasers in the Sky, which is on YouTube, type in Copy Shakur, Lasers in the Sky, and you'll see me at Bernie Sanders rally. I'm hugging <laughs> I'm hugging Kelly, which yeah. is John Beach's <laughs> wife. Uh, Cypher Divine is on there. One of the people from Frame House. A bunch of friends, cool, aliens, and kaleidoscope and encrypted codes of lyrical flows and yeah. UFOs. <laughs> <laughs> find the whole multi-dimensional experience on uh, YouTube. Yeah, follow Coffee Shakur. Um, Cipher Divine is spelled C P H R space D V N. Cipher Divine. So you guys can check out their work too. Um, you can grab that album digitally. Can people? Yes, people that it would okay. be on like a lot of platforms: Amazon, Title. Yeah, and you can also type in Cipher Divine the natural way, but you can actually type it in both ways. But okay, it's, so it's fine. Way. Cool. Yeah, cool. Well, um, did you? Is there anything else that you wanted to uh, talk about or tell people before we start wrapping this up, Kavi? 
Um, not really. I just want to know that uh, I got some good stuff in the works, and I'm riding for Louisville all the way, and I, I appreciate the support that I'm getting from the artists that I'm around. I appreciate uh, me being able to be on this radio show. Yeah, sure. I'm glad to have you. And uh, you guys pulling me <laughs> out of the woodwork, and I actually just been... I, I want to get back and dance, and I want to I want to start dancing and I want to start promoting, and I want to do shows here and there. I really don't want to be on the scene too much. I'm gonna take a step back and mm-hmm. work on music and work on playing instruments and music theory more. So now yeah. I'm like just kind of like want to kind of go back to the drawing board, yeah, sharpen that sword. Yeah, that's good. Man. Cool. More more directed, less frenzied. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mayplex, is there anything that you'd like to plug? I know you got a new uh, podcast you just released, episode five of Philosophical Grandeur. Yeah, that's right. Um, I decided before the beginning of this year that I was going to do 52 episodes, and so that's one a week, but uh, production is not necessarily like every week mm-hmm. I'm going to make one and produce it. So uh, we did some stuff through January, got uh, I think three basically recorded and so we're just starting to release those we released one last week about to release the second one and um one of the uh, the first one we released was with Corey that you mm-hmm. mentioned earlier uno and uh she's awesome and mm-hmm. a guy that i've been working with who's a producer uh, music intel is his name he's awesome and i got to meet this guy kenny uh, mm-hmm. they were all awesome to talk to and that was the first one that we put out and the second one is about to come out and it's with uh, two other local musicians who are really awesome, awesome. long story long um yeah. <laughs> i've got a bunch of podcast stuff i'm working <laughs> really on cool. and cool. check out um, yeah we'll, we'll keep our uh, ears open for that um for me i got uh the american fantastic spring update is uh either out or about to come out by the time you guys listen to this. Uh, it's going to have the pilot episode of Five O Talk To, which is whenever we get the chance to talk to Louisville artists. Uh, we're going to classify it that way just to, as a way to get to know the artists um, behind the city and how they express themselves. Um, if you guys want to hear more audio content, um, all 17 episodes of Hip Square, that's a pop culture podcast I did with my little brother, Troy Kramer, are all on there, uh, along with the episodes of the American Fantastic Radio Hour that we recorded at Art FM. Um, if you're all looking for something to read, I'm going to post a preview of a young adult novel I'm working on called Valley of the Windriders. It's going to be the first three chapters, which is kind of like the first arc in that story. Uh, but it's a fantasy novel about these tiny magical people that bond with birds and uh, ride up with them and go on adventures and quests together. And it's inspired by Studio Ghibli and Miyazaki nice. and that kind of thing. So if you guys can definitely uh, check that out. And uh, like American Fantastic on Facebook. Um, and, of course, you can follow Mayplex Monk. You can follow Kavish Accord uh, just to know what's going on with them. All right, right. Well, thank you guys so much for coming by. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And uh, we will catch you guys next time for Five O Talk 2. Peace. Peace. Hi. <laughs>
was a race to think we should stay on the news. Look at Network 1972. How many planes? Blow Mary Jane, Covey never gonna lose. So untamed, back in this game. Spit with the flames, all to your brain. We ain't the same. How much you gain? They're trying to see how much I came. I fly in the air like a